everyone and welcome to the West Midlands Youth Elevate Worship podcast. I'm really pleased to be sharing with you again in this way. Um, the first episode was brilliant and being able to, to speak to Charlie and just hear about his experience in leading worship and his favourite worship styles and just speaking through worship in general and also being able to learn a little bit more about his favourite worship song. I'm looking forward uh, to this week being able to share with Vicky Paling and talking through all things worship with her and her experience in worship and also looking at her favourite worship song and then after my interview with Vicky I'll then be unpacking her favourite worship song. Also at the beginning of this podcast I'll also be sharing a short thought with you. I really hope you enjoy this episode and yeah let's get started. day I was driving home from the office the first time I've been in the office for a very very long time and I got stuck in traffic driving through Birmingham there's no surprise there really is there I've definitely not missed the commute to work during this time anyway as I was stuck in another endless queue of cars I looked out at all the people walking and there was a sign that caught my attention on the gates to a local park And it simply said this, permission to smile. I was really struck by these three simple words, permission to smile. I started to think through all of the people, memories and different things in my life that make me smile, that bring me happiness and most importantly, bring me joy. I then started to think through this year and the difficulties and the challenges that this year has brought each of us. These difficulties and struggles have tried to rob us of our joy and happiness. What's the difference between happiness and joy? At first sight, it may seem that the two words are synonyms, but in fact, especially when talking about joy in a Christian context, there's a big difference. Happiness tends to depend on our circumstances and our emotions. We feel happy when things are going well, when we achieve something or someone gives us a gift or pays us a compliment or includes us. Think about the last time you felt really happy. What triggered that feeling? Joy, on the other hand, is somehow deeper and more surprising and it's something that is found in God. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit a characteristic that we expect to experience more of as we grow to be more like Jesus. Jesus promised joy that no one and nothing would be able to take away. We can feel joy regardless of our circumstances. It doesn't depend on what is happening around us. Christians are called to rejoice in all things, even in suffering and in weakness. We can find joy in surprising places because we know that God loves us and has the situation in his hands. A brilliant Bible verse to look at and unpack when trying to understand joy is from Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10, which simply says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. 
Is the joy of the Lord your strength? Here's the deal. This incredible little phrase, one that we've quoted, one that possibly hangs up like artwork in your home, one that we sing, means this. During tough times, the core of your joy, if you have joy at all, is going to be in your relationship with God. Sometimes I understand things better in the Bible if I just read it out loud a few different ways. If you, for instance, emphasise different parts of this phrase, you might get, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. But the real emphasis, it's this, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Are you a parent? A mum's strength, like a dad's strength, is limited. But the Lord, no limit to his strength. Can your health falter and leave you physically weak? Of course it can. Perhaps it has. The Lord's strength, however, is perfect and complete. Our confidence in God is, at times, the only strength we know. So our joy is knowing that no matter what comes our way, whether it's personal hardship for us as our family, or maybe just the routine ups and downs and good times and bad times, and plenty of strength times and exhaustion times, through it all, we have a relationship with a God whose strength is overwhelming and limitless. Because of that, we have joy. When Ezra said, the joy of the Lord is your strength, he was speaking to the remnant of Israel who had returned to Judah to rebuild the city and its temple. It was a time of restoration, not only of the ruined city, but also of obedience to the law of God. There was sorrow and weeping when the people heard God's law and realised how far they had gone away from its teaching. But Ezra told them to rejoice and celebrate because of the restoration. That's when Ezra said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Have you gone far away from God? Is restoration with God needed in your life? Start by reading your Bible. Pray through your Bible. Be with God's people. Get absolutely immersed in all things of God. We all need to do this. By doing those things, I truly believe we will know the joy that comes from being so well grounded in the word of God. Do you know women and men like this? They just exude joy and at the same time they're immersed in the things of God. That doesn't mean they're professional ministers, that they've taken theology classes, nothing like that. It's just that they've put God first for so long they don't know how to do anything else. If that's a new idea for you, it's a great day to start the process. Take the lessons that you learn from God and teach them to your children. Teach them to your grandchildren. You're the most influential teacher your children will ever have. Worship with other people of similar beliefs. Let the team give you strength. Find support from God's people. Nehemiah's team gave out strength in the total package. If any one of the folks had tried to do his or her work on the wall alone, they'd have never made it. It was too big a project. But since other people were building the wall, 
Since there was progress on down the line, then each person was encouraged to keep laying bricks. Nehemiah even passed up the opportunity to eat better food than his workers. Instead, choosing to live in the same quarters, eat the same food and get the same job done. Through teamwork and by seeing the progress that was being made, the joy of the Lord became more and more evident. And in only 52 days, the walls of Jerusalem were standing strong again. Joy is something you've got to practice. It doesn't really come naturally to anyone. But if you get the hang of it, it's kind of contagious and you can infect yourself with joy. Nehemiah gave the theory of joy. The Levites gave the command to be joyful. But until the people actually went away and practiced joy, they didn't know it. Until they prepared the feast and actually sat down to taste the food, they had no idea how good the feast could be. As they followed the instructions to celebrate, they got the hang of the songs. They realised that the Levites weren't kidding, that the day really, really was meant for celebration. They literally practised joy. It didn't take long for them to get used to joy. And it doesn't take long for us either. Joy is contagious. And even a baby can teach joy to adults. Haven't you seen it? A baby smiles or laughs and every adult who sees it smiles and laughs in return. Would you like to learn to play the piano? It will take practice. Want to be an artist? Prepare to practice the basic strokes. Want to become proficient at anything? You'll have to start out as a rookie. Learn the basics and then practice. As it is with a musical instrument, it is with joy. The more you practice, the better the music. Maybe your goal is to join a gym and get in shape. Obviously, one single day in the gym isn't going to get the job done. You'll need to do a little bit every day. Get a schedule and stick to it. Or perhaps it's nutrition that is your thing. A year from now, it'll be hard to remember a single meal. But a balanced diet will bear long-term benefit as long as you practice it. Now, the Bible comes along and says, practice joy. If you can practice joy in the midst of difficult times, you'll move quickly from surviving to thriving. Is the joy of the Lord your strength? Welcome to the second podcast and the second interview and I'm really delighted to introduce to you Vicky. Um, most of you hopefully will know her from summer school and various other youth stuff that we've done. So welcome Vicky. Thank you, good to be here. It's great to do this. I mean it's very, it's very strange isn't it doing yeah, it? Yeah it feels a bit weird. It, it does feel very weird but it's great to um just to chat to you and to, to see your thoughts and hear your thoughts on all things worship. So first question, mm. what is worship to you? So I kind of had thought uh, maybe she will ask me that question. So I feel a little bit prepared because I've thought about it. And also I listened to the last podcast. Okay. Um, so I was like, Oh, make a note of these questions ready so I can answer them. Um, but I didn't, unfortunately. Uh, so for me, I think worship is an act of love. 
towards God. So anything that you do in your everyday life, anything that you do that is showing um, your devotion to God. And um, I think although maybe for a lot of people, worship may be singing or maybe something creative, I think um, worship on a whole is so much more than that. and can be so much more than that um yeah so worship to me is anything that I do that I do because of the love I have for God which I'm hoping is everything (laughs) um that is my whole life but yeah uh, it's, it's sometimes hard to see everything you do as worship um but yeah that's how I feel worship is yeah okay because and that sort of like leads into like the next question that I've got for you really because how do you incorporate worship into your everyday living like into your everyday life how does it become part of your uh, part of everything that you do each day I guess I think so if you do think of worship as being part of your everyday life rather than seeing it as um I think sometimes we can fall into the habit of of maybe starting to sing a worship song or um like for me sitting down at the piano and it being like a okay now I'm going to start worshiping I think sometimes we can that can become a bit of a thing that we do um when actually if worship is just continually part of our everyday lives then it's not necessarily a case that we will be like okay let's start worshiping or Uh, okay now I've finished my worship for today and it will become uh, just a habit um, that it's incorporated into everything that we do Um, but there are definitely times in my life and in my day-to-day life where um, I will be more intentional with the worship that I do so like um, I'm in a position where I have a Salvation Army hall that I have the keys to because of my job not just randomly um and particularly over lockdown um sitting at the piano and singing is just part of my everyday um worship and something that I do to feel the presence of God around me if I'm not feeling great that's what I do because um I'm trying to be in the place where if I'm feeling a bit down, I'm not feeling um, the best I know I can feel, then sitting at the piano and feeling close to God is something that really helps me. Um, so sitting at the piano and singing and playing is is actually part of my everyday um, worship. But again, that's only because that's something that I personally do mm. to feel close to God. Um, that's not going to be the case for everyone, I'm sure. Um, a lot of people have other things that they do um, that they consider to be their worship. Um, And also doing your daily reading and daily scripture reading and daily um, your thoughts and things that maybe if you write them down every day, that's such an important part of my worship as well. Um, I do at the end of every day um, and I love doing that. When I started doing that, it was a real discipline and I was like oh I better write down my prayers (laughs) (laughs) I better write this down and it was a real discipline for me Um, and now it's just part of um, my everyday and I really love taking that time to be with God at the end of every day yeah 
it's really important that you say like about uh you know it becomes part of your everyday and it's like a mm -hmm. rhythm isn't it i guess yeah like you get exactly into that, what it is yeah yeah you get into that rhythm i know for for me seeing your piano playing and your singing throughout the first lockdown especially was mm. really helpful to me like I would spend many moments each day when those songs would pop up and just listen to them and spend time in worship and I think it really helped a lot of people during lockdown um just to find those moments to to escape I guess and to just yeah. be in in the presence of God and it was a real aid to a lot of people I know I that and so it was it was really special and there was and it was a mixture wasn't it of some more traditional army yeah. songs and then there was some more sort of modern contemporary worship songs as well which was great really. yeah I think for that whole period of the first lockdown I think it was like three weeks um I really wanted it to be natural like I didn't want to and I think towards the end of that, I started to overthink it and it started to be like, at the start, I would just put my phone next to me and press play and it would be the first take, as, as you call it. And, and I would just sing it once through and I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to post that. Not because necessarily I wanted anyone to think that I was good or anything, but more just because, like you say, um, if it can help other people in their worship if something that I'd said or sung resonated with other people that that's what I was trying to do but then towards the end of that I definitely felt um as if I was more conscious of what I was doing yeah. and I had to sort of check with myself like why are you doing this are you doing this because you want people to like it or because um God is speaking to me through what I'm singing and yeah. uh, so so yeah that's why I was like, I can't, because people were like, a couple of people had messaged me like, oh, are you going to keep posting songs? And I was like, oh, um, I need to do it for me and for God, not for anybody else. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, but I did really enjoy that. But, um, and it was great to, that's kind of what started my, um, the rhythm of me doing that every day anyway, like at the hall, like if I went to the hall, I would sit and play the piano and sing something before I like settled into sitting in my office but mm. um so I still do that now I just don't film it <laughs> post it on anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. sometimes I film it sometimes if, if I feel like it's something that sometimes I feel like God's given me a song or a word and there's a reason why I need to post it yeah um and I and I think like yeah God's really saying to me somebody needs to hear this today um and then I will be like okay well I'll just put it on see if anybody listens to it and think if it helps them that's great um but yeah so yeah that, it was good yeah it was it was lovely it was a really special moment each day like and it really helped me and and Thank I know that it, it would have helped other people as well so you've mentioned a lot there <clears> about <throat> sort of like your piano playing and, mm -hmm. and singing what would you say is your preferred style of worship if you had to pick one style as in like music style or yeah so you know it might be bands because I know you play a brass instrument as well don't I do, you yeah it might be singing it might be sort of more like a worship group or I don't know just sitting and playing at the piano like what would you say um 
you can look at it two ways, I guess, from how when you lead or when you're participating or when you're receiving. Are they yeah. the same? I think I'm quite varied in the styles of worship music that I listen to anyway. Um, I was definitely, um, I was brought up in quite a traditional Salvation Army. So I have the traditional elements of brass bands and hymns and um, songster <laughs> like the ISS I love I used to love this like they were all the things that I would listen to yeah um I think as I have developed my own understanding of my own faith and what I enjoy um and what I get a lot from I think that's developed into um more of a contemporary worship style of um music so I like listening to Hillsong and um elevation worship and um yeah I think but I think that's because I figured that out for myself what I enjoy I think sometimes yeah. when you're younger and you you go to you go to a, a you're part of a church um you kind of just get used to what everybody else is doing um, and you just think oh yeah I like that um but then when I started to discover for myself um what it is that I really enjoyed listening to and what really helped me in be able to pray and be able to be close to God and um, that's what I really enjoy listening to now um, I do still find the times that I feel closest and so in the presence of God is when I'm on my own okay. um, sat at the piano um, but that doesn't mean that I don't feel that when I'm leading worship but I think there are extra things you have to think about when you're leading worship yeah, and when absolutely. I'm on my own, I can get a bit lost in it. Um, whereas if I'm leading worship or part of a worship group following the leadership of somebody else, I do have to have some kind of awareness of what everybody else is doing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can get as... Because when you're leading worship, you are essentially aiding other people in their worship. Mm. Um, so it is slightly different. Um, you can, you, you're still yourself worshipping, but there is less of the completely losing yourself in the moment kind of thing you do have to kind of be a bit more aware yeah of what's going on <laughs> yeah absolutely um do you feel that you're free to and able to worship the way that you want to yeah definitely but I think um that's because the way that I worship is quite like considered the norm in maybe a lot of churches and a lot of in the um the history of being a christian people gather together to sing and gather together to worship in that way mm. um but that doesn't mean that that's the only way of corporate worship or worship on your own um i think as we become more inclusive of other people's worship styles and things that they do to worship I think there's definitely a shift in that that like people might not be interested in singing as their worship or they might not be interested in um even listening to music um but they still need to be a part of the church fellowship they still need to yeah. have be able to worship in their own way and I think as a church in general the church is um there is a shift in that 
Um, and I think we've seen it in the Salvation Army in recent years as well, which is great to see. Um, but still, I think there's still more to be done to be able to include everybody's worship styles, whether that's music or not. Um, I guess I'm not lucky, but it just so happens that the way I worship is the the way that is um, included in most <laughs> church yeah. services anyway. So, yeah, I definitely feel like I can I can worship however I want to. Um, but also when you're in a position like I am, that I lead a small congregation of people, um, at the end of the day, that that's I kind of incorporate that as part of my leadership as uh, anyway. So it's up to yeah. me. As, so I'm kind of blessed in that way that I get to do that and not relying on somebody else to to um, direct what way the worship's going. It, it, it is up to me. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that leads really well into like a, like the next question that I've got for you, because you've mentioned a little bit about worship groups and leading worship and then yeah. within your job at the moment, currently you mm -hmm. are the leader of, of the core, the church, the community center that you um, are part of. So yeah. what is it like to lead worship? It can be um, quite you can feel a lot of pressure mm -hmm. I think it for me it depends on who I'm leading worship for okay um I think in the past if I'm leading worship and it's in front of a loads of people that I am I know I can find that quite difficult yeah because, um you can feel like these are people that could potentially say afterwards oh you didn't do that so great or oh you forgot the words there didn't you or something like that and I think for me I'm I'm maybe when I was a, like a couple of years ago and uh, when I was struggling with anxiety I did struggle with criticism so that was something that I was a bit like oh I don't I'm scared to do something wrong because I don't want somebody to pull me up on it like and say oh Vicky you could have done that better or whatever I think now um, I find it a lot easier because I am a lot more aware of that I'm leading worship to aid other people in their worship. But at the end of the day, it's all for the glory of God, not for me. Yeah. And I think that's something that you just learn maybe as you mature in your um, faith. Um, but it becomes less about you and more about God. Um, yeah. And I do lead worship in a couple of different ways. So for example, I can lead worship, um, sometimes lead worship at the Salvation Army in Arnold, which is very different to how I lead worship at the Salvation Army in Aspley, which is where I um, am the mission development leader, okay. because it's a very different group of people. So the yeah. guys in Aspley are uh, a lot more um, maybe new to faith, um and new to the salvation army and so if i hit them with obama's salvation they're not going to know that <laughs> they're going to be like oh a new song <laughs> great <laughs> whereas they're way more familiar with like uh contemporary songs that maybe a traditional salvation army would be like we've never heard this before in my life mm -hmm. um so it does depend on who i'm leading worship for you kind of have to like know you <laughs> know the audience um yeah. in a way of being able to 
because you are you are trying to help them um in their worship like i say so you you can't just make it all about you um yeah but it has been i mean i started playing the piano for a worship group at stapleford when i was 15 so it's been a long i would only say now that i'm comfortable leading worship it's been a long um process of like being involved in that um yeah okay so you've said it's a long process um, yeah. and you've been leading worship for for a while now yeah. um is there a moment that stands out to you when you've been leading worship if so what was it and why does that moment stand out oh that's a good question <clears throat> um yeah i think for me the times when you look out on the congregation or the group of people or whoever it is that you're with and you can see those people are connecting yeah. with what you're doing what you're singing with god that for me is is the moments that um i can look out and feel like yeah it's just great to be able to feel god's presence there with you there's yeah. definitely been times when so before I was at Aspley, I was working in an area of Nottingham called Bullwell. Um, and we used to have a cafe church every Sunday. Um, and that was always a very eclectic mix of individuals. Okay. Um, but they would, they were all very open. And if they wanted to shout something out, if they wanted to, um, raise their hands in the air or if they wanted to completely get lost in a song they were singing they would do that and so there were so many occasions there when because everyone was so free and would just go with um even if they didn't know the song they would just yeah. sing something like okay. they weren't bothered what they were singing it was yeah. amazing really because nobody yeah. had any pre preconceptions of what it was supposed to look like because it was like organic and it yeah. was um, they were just doing what they wanted to do um, and that for me stands out as like the times when because people didn't have any barriers they weren't thinking like oh what if somebody sees me lift my arm in the air or what if somebody sees me like close my eyes what must that mean yeah um, everyone was just so free and they were just there because they wanted to worship God Um, those stand out to me as the moments that um I just love to see that when you're leading worship, it's great to see other people um, engaging in it in that way. If you look out and everyone stood there like um, just plain faced and not bothered, yeah. that can be quite disheartening. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's great to see people's reactions and um, they've been my favourite moments for sure okay so is there a particular worship song so not your favorite worship song because that'll come no, later yeah but is there a particular worship song that you love to lead when you're leading worship oh there's so many um i think there are songs that always get um that people always are enthusiastic about yeah um and i think people when it's a familiar song people tend to get more involved in it and want to like 
um, I think for me, one of the songs we do a lot would be at Arnold particularly. At Arnold, I would do quite a lot of Rend Collective songs because band, they band. they all really like Rend Collective and they get really um, into it. So yeah. um, I'm trying to think of flipping names of songs now. Um, name some Rend Collective songs. Lighthouse. Oh, Build yeah. Your kingdom Here. Oh, all of them. Build Your That's Kingdom it. Here. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. They all love that and they all know it that they don't need to look at the screen to do the words. So I love leading those songs because people, again, just get so involved in it. Yeah. I also would say that I love leading songs um, with words that are quite challenging because, so for example, like I love leading oceans, even though it can be so overdone. Yeah. Um, I think it's such a declaration for somebody to sing out like spirit lead me where my trust is without borders and you're sort of like when you're stood at the front listening to people sing that you're listening to them make that declaration yeah. um, and I love that I love and also I think songs like that are songs that stick with people like particularly in modern worship songs contemporary worship songs there's quite a lot of re re repetitive um, yeah, is, yeah. maybe like repetitive lines and I think some people don't like that but I actually really do like that because it sticks with me so then I can be singing like the same little bit of a song for like the next week and actually those words that have stuck with me um, actually become really important because they're the words that have obviously meant something to me um, like in the song who I who you say I am the line that says I'm a child of God yes I am like I can't necessarily tell you much of the other lyrics of the song because I'm rubbish with lyrics yeah but like I'm a child of God that's all I need to remember yeah, and yeah. So that like sticks with me so I think any song really that's got some kind of repetitive hook in it that that will be I love doing those sorts of songs and I love doing um I love doing like really stripped back songs as well where it's just voices or just yeah. the, the keys and um and voices but yeah that's not really answered your question because i've just said uh, all songs <laughs> no it's fine like you've given i love like all a, of the songs <laughs> <laughs> you've given like a generalization really and you've picked out certain songs that i think you know yeah people recognize those songs and like you say there are people out there that find the repetitiveness of like modern songs quite quite frustrating or yeah. like they're just like oh there's not much to it but like you I think it's repeating very sort of important words and, yeah. and words that we need to sort of hold on to and, and, and live by so okay so is there a worship song that you find really difficult to sing like in mm. terms of like the words or it might be that you just feel like the words are just so powerful that it's <clears throat> I don't yeah like that you find yeah. it difficult to declare those words yeah there's the there's lots of them I think I'm obviously at a position now where um my faith is in a a better place than it ever has been before like in my journey of um faith and particularly over the last couple of years how I've been um 
getting into a, a better relationship with God and I've been trying to work on like all my spiritual disciplines. I've been doing all that sort of stuff. I am in a position now where I probably would be able to sing um, songs like with a incredible declaration, but there definitely was a point where I would, I would not sing them. So mm. I would like, when it would get to that point in the song, I would stop singing because yeah. in my head I would be like, I can't sing that. Like, that's not okay for me to sing because I don't believe that. Um, I think once the song that I used to really, I still love it, but a song that we used to sing all the time at Stapleford was um, King of Kings Majesty. Okay, yeah. Um, and I sang, we sang that at my, um, uh, when I became a senior soldier. Yeah. Sang that at my wedding um and that, that that's kind of like a a a song that's been like the most um like probably the most important days of uh, yeah. my life um and i think the bit that obviously the bit where you say like i lay my all before you now your majesty i can but bow like that's a song of saying like god have everything yeah. um and there's definitely at those points in my life i wasn't i wasn't ready to say god have everything Hmm. um which i don't know if i think i was only 16 when i became a senior soldier and not saying that you can't be at that point when you're 16 but for me i didn't understand what that meant um and i think yeah we sing these songs um and we sing the words of these songs but do we actually understand what it is we're singing and how important it is when we sing these songs um it's not just about singing it nicely or making a nice harmony to go with it. It's yeah. about understanding and believing the words that you sing. Um, even like Salvation Army songs, like All That I Am, like songs that say about God have everything. I think those are the songs that I used to struggle to sing just because I wasn't ready. Um, yeah. And I didn't believe that I could give him everything. Um, yeah, so I think as you mature in your faith and you understand it more, then you can sing those songs and mean them. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd agree. I absolutely, yeah. I mean, classic songs you've pulled out there as well, and yeah, <laughs> and songs that mean a lot to a lot of people. I think, like, yeah, I think Charlie spoke about King of Kings on the other podcast, and. And I mentioned there that King of Kings is very special to a lot of the students at yes. West Midlands yeah. Summer School, specifically the the middles um, a couple of years ago when they all sang it on the stairwell. And, and I know mm. for the staff that were present at that point when that song was sang, it was a real sort of, it was a moment where it God was clearly and evidently there in amongst this worshiping and in amongst this declaration that these young people were were singing so yeah that's really helpful so do you have any tips then on leading worship for those that are sort of looking into it or trying to explore it or you know just thinking oh possibly i might i might have the giftings in leading worship do you have any tips for those sort of young people or, or people in general I would say that um, it's helpful to be part of a worship group, not leading it, not leading the worship group, 
Yeah. Um, for me, I didn't lead worship. I was, I'm very comfortable, more comfortable sat behind a piano because I feel like there's like a little bit of a safety blanket of I'm not stood exposed at the front. Yeah. And I think, um, if you are involved in a worship group in a way that you're not leading it, that's a great introduction or way to get in and way to watch other people and see how they do it. Not, not so that you can copy them or whatever, but just so that you can be a part of that and understand and learn um, the, the way that some, and watch the way that somebody leads worship and takes everyone with them on that, like, um, through the songs mm. um, so I think if you are interested in leading worship I would say definitely get involved with a worship group not leading it so that you yeah. can just be exposed to the way that leadership um, is and I think for me I've seen I've sat under the leadership in worship groups of some very um, very good worship leaders okay. um, and so I've been able to watch them do it and definitely I didn't think I could do it I thought I was much better suited to playing the piano in the background like that was so much more comfortable to me but actually I think God calls us out of the comfortable and I remember the first time I did it properly that I was leading the worship on my own probably about only probably about three years ago maybe yeah three years ago and um it was really scary and all of a sudden I realized I couldn't play the piano and talk at the same time <laughs> like I can play the piano and sing at the same time but when you're yeah. talking like having a chat with people like you're saying oh welcome welcome to worship this morning and I was like I can't play and sing and play and speak <laughs> at the same time but it has definitely been about practice and the more you like the first time you'll lead worship you'll you probably will like say things that you think why did I say that or but it doesn't matter like at the end of the day you're there to aid worship you're there you're putting yourself in that vulnerable vulnerable position but you're also putting yourself as a vessel for God to use like you're saying God help me lead this worship and I don't think it really matters if you say or do the right thing I think the more you do it the more comfortable you'll feel and you won't get nervous about it then. Like now I, I wouldn't feel, I'd probably feel nervous if it was like a really important event. I'd be like, oh, Vicky, don't make a stupid joke or <laughs> don't say something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I think practice and just putting yourself out there in the deep end and just being like, right, God's asked me to do this. So let's do it. Um, I, but I feel like that about, every situation if God's calling you to do something you go and do it like there's nothing that's going to stop you there's nothing that's going to stop God from he's going to keep asking you to do that so yeah I would just say get involved with a worship group watch other people see what they do um expose yourself to all of that and I think the more you do it the easier it will become and um I think if God's calling you to to be a worship leader or to be in that position he will equip you and he will give you the words I mean there's so many times when I've been like oh I don't know what to say and then I'll just say something I'll be like oh yeah that'll do uh and it is a case of like God has definitely been there helping me through that because I wouldn't have known what to say it's just sort of come out my mouth and I would be like oh okay 
that's fine that was clearly god helping me there uh yeah so just be brave i think yeah and yeah and that's really helpful and it sort of follows on from from what charlie shared in terms of his tips as well and the permission to sort of make mistakes and it's okay yeah it's okay to make mistakes and yeah even if you've been doing it for years and years you know and and I'll still stand up there and when I'm talking at at events or when I'm part of leading worship I'll I'll sometimes think to myself why did you say that oh all the time and I think you know it's okay to to know that that's okay to do and it you know and it's yeah and And I I also think people who um maybe are inclined to make a little comment about somebody or to to make a joke about um maybe if somebody's got up there and done something that they're nervous to do like lead worship if you are somebody that is um watching or being in that congregation or whatever just don't say anything because actually that can do so much more harm than good like for you to say like oh did you realize you sang those words wrong like you know what yeah I did actually I didn't need you to tell Um, or if somebody says you don't need to say to somebody you sang that wrong or you sang the wrong note there oh you sounded a bit flat there just keep that to yourself like people don't need to hear that particularly as somebody who takes on criticism so much like if you're going to say something say something nice like just pick out even if there's only one tiny thing that you thought was that that was good say that like just say the one thing that was good you don't need to say the bits that you didn't like um to their face if you want to talk about it somewhere else then go ahead but don't say it to their face don't Mm -hmm. let them hear that um because i just don't think that's helpful at all and that will deter people from wanting to do it again and that's not what we want to do we want to be a welcoming and accessible and we want to include everyone um make it a place where people feel comfortable to step out of their comfort zone like that's what and we're that's what we're trying to do we're not trying to be a inclusive group of people who only accept superior musicians that's not who we are like we're yeah, yeah. welcome to people who can only play two chords on the piano that's great just play those chords <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's fine um yeah and i think that the element of not seeing it as a performance i think as a worship leader there's always going to be pressure and stress and you're always going to want to do a good job um but like Charlie said last time, you're not performing to people. Um, you're just singing with them. Just so happens you've got a microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I completely agree as well in terms of like just not saying, you know, if, if there has been a mistake made or something, just just don't say because yeah. like you say, that can have so much damage in somebody's development and and just their their progression you know and And I'm definitely guilty of having done that before like I've done that to people and not thought anything of it but actually when it's done to you um you kind of realize that maybe now's not the best time for banter or yeah time for that Um, and and people have said it to me as well like when I've I've said something and it's come out wrong and they were like oh did you did you mean to say it like that and I was like well well no I didn't and you you clearly know that I didn't um but thank you for highlighting it (laughs) to me so so yeah okay so we're we're on to the last question then it's been great to chat to you and and you've it's been really helpful and what you've shared and thanks for having me no it's been it's been an absolute pleasure um so what is your favorite worship song 
and why? So my favourite worship song is You Say by, I don't know how to say her last name, Lauren Daigle. 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 Oh, yeah. Lauren Daigle. Let me say that again. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite worship song is You Say by Lauren Daigle. Um, and it's not necessarily a song that I've sung in a, um, like, gathered worship setting I don't know if I've ever used it in I've used it in a in a um a service but not for other people to sing it with me I've used it as a like I'm going to sing this to you as kind of my testimony at this time okay yeah. um and I actually would be interested to see and know if that song would maybe work as a like gathered worship type of thing mm-hmm. um but I think the song for me speaks about knowing your worth um and knowing that actually the only thing that matters is um what god says you are and who god says you are Mm. um and i think for me that song kind of came out of um came to my attention in a time of my life when i really needed that i really needed that reminder um and at that time I would say I was probably listening to a lot of other the the main person's opinion I was listening to was my own and my opinions of myself were always not great so to hear like um me thinking like badly of myself to know that God did not think that at all like actually God loved me even when I was still doing the wrong things like that just blows my mind every time I think about it, that even though um, I've turned away from him so many times, he still loves me and still will love me throughout all of that and will still um, call me his child through all of that, I think is just too much for my little brain to comprehend. Um, Yeah, so this song, I think it means the most to me because of when in my life I heard it Um, and I think the words spoke to me in a way that nothing else would get through and I think this song was like actually knock knock please listen to um, these words and every time I hear it now I have like a full goose bumpy holy spirit shivers moment because this song just meant so much to me at that time Um, and still does now but it's, it's very different to listen to a song like this when you're going through a good time. <laughs> like yeah, when, yeah. especially when somebody who goes through like ups and downs with mental health, um, it's very different to hear, hear a song that means a lot to you in a good time as well as a bad time. Yeah. So yeah, but that's why it's so special to me. It's an, it's an incredible song. Yeah, um, it really is. And I think to me, it was brought to life when the dancers danced to it at summer school last year um and to just see the way in which they interpreted the words and that it I'd loved the song anyway but it was taken to a different level for me yeah the dancers danced to it at summer school and seeing Emily dance to it as her testimony as well at summer school last year was really quite powerful and it's it's a beautiful song and I mean Lauren Daigle as a whole as a worship leader as a singer as a 
she's incredible isn't she and and the yeah. way in which she she sings and the words and and the songs that she um she puts together so yeah I think it's a great it's a great song and it's a great choice and it was yeah quite an easy song for me to unpack in a way because there's yeah. so much in there, there's yeah, there so is. Much stuff. it was it was kind of like looking at what do I actually unpack from this because I could be here all day unpacking yeah. the song so um like I said thank you so much for for joining us today and You're thank welcome. you for what you've shared and and just thank you for for your wisdom really in in terms of your journey that you've been on with worship and leading mm. worship and being a part of worship um like you have so thank you very much vicky you're very welcome So we heard earlier from Vicky that her favourite worship song is You Say by Lauren Daigle. A very popular song and one I'm sure that means a lot to the students at West Midlands Summer School that attended last year, especially those that were in dance. The song is beautiful and full of beautiful lyrics that bring so much promise and reassurance, but also leave us with a lot to think about. This is what Lauren Daigle has to say about why the song was written. It was the day after my very first Dove Awards and I remember being completely overwhelmed. I walked into the studio and Paul and Jason, my producers, were in there and they're like, all right, what's going on in your world? How's it been? It was the first time we had written since How Can It Be? I just remember feeling like so much had happened the night before, wondering how do I come back down to normal? How do I come back down to reality? And I started realising these patterns of really high highs and then, okay, now there's a low. Really high high, now there's a low. And involving expectation in that space can just leave you kind of questioning your identity. Where do I fit in? Where is my security? Where is my footing? So when writing, you say, I just remember feeling for the first time pretty conflicted. It was definitely the first moment in just being an artist that I was like, okay, where is all this going exactly? And I know that we've all faced moments in life where we can feel at a crossroads where we can see the past and also see the future and realise how we are supposed to exist in the present. And it is one of those moments where I could see where things were going and I knew exactly where I came from and I needed those words to still be married and thus brought up the issue of identity and trying to figure out how to exist when I feel like so many things were pulling me in so many different directions. I think a lot of times we build these complexes based on insecurity, based on fear, based on rejection and lies that we have constantly overcome. And so this song for me was just a reminder of identity. It was a reminder that I know when I'm weak, he's strong. So how do I change that and bring that into my everyday life? When I feel inadequate, how is it that there's always these moments where I feel like God just steps in and supersedes my inadequacies? 
This entire song was so every single day I could get up on stage and remind myself, no, this is the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. Don't get buried in confusion. Don't get buried in waywardness. Just remember to steady the course. Steady the course. When reading why Lauren Daigle wrote this song, I was instantly reminded that even though each of us have different skills, giftings, interests, and each of us live very different lives, we all still have moments where we doubt our abilities, we question whether or not we are good enough, we struggle to understand our identity and where we fit in in the world. Lauren speaks about her identity and how she was trying to figure out how to exist when so many different things were pulling her in different directions. I resonate with this so much. There are so many things in, the, in this world that are vying for our attention and so much stuff that through advertising makes us believe that we find our identity in it. Fashion, makeup, health products, sports teams, so much of this stuff we are made to believe forms our identity and our identity becomes confused. The makeup didn't make us look like the model on the TV. We aren't able to run as fast as the person in the advert, even though we are wearing the same running shoes as them. Our hair isn't as shiny as the person in the TV adverts is. We start to doubt our identity and our worth. We don't belong. We aren't as good as them. We have no worth. So many of the lines in the song you say, bring me comfort. But I have to say that one of the lines that brings me the most comfort and stands out to me is this one. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. So often we worry about what others think of us. Do they like us? Do we fit in? But this song reminds us that it's not what others think about us that is important. It's what God thinks about us. We find our worth and our identity in him. Not in the opinions of others or the products or material things, but in God. Here's some of the things that the Bible says you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Part of a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. A child of God. A new creation, holy and dearly loved, holy and blameless in God's sight, God's workmanship. These are just some of the amazing things that God speaks over us. Some of the names he gives us to show us how much he loves us and how much we are changed because of Jesus. Names were very important in the Bible and God often changed people's names to reflect something of their character and his promises to them. Jesus called Peter his rock, even though to everyone else Peter looked nothing like a rock. God could see the potential in him, knew who he was at his core and knew what he would do to advance the gospel message and establish the church. 
When Jacob wrestled with God and demanded a blessing, he was given a new name, Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. When God promised Abram he would be the father of many nations, he changed his name to Abraham, which has exactly that meaning. Despite knowing the importance of names because of these stories, we don't always seem able to grasp the names God speaks over us. Finding it easier to believe that others are blameless in God's sight, but struggling to know that we are too. Over the years, we pick up names for ourselves which are whispered lies. Sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will never hurt me. I once heard somebody say that this was the biggest lie we tell children. When they are growing up, words hurt. Sometimes we hold on to the words or names that people speak over us and allow them to cloud our minds of the truths God has spoken over us. We may have been told or we may have been made to feel that we are not wanted. People at school, college, uni, work may have told us we didn't look right or we didn't fit in. After we messed up for the hundredth time, we told ourselves we were a failure. Some names we give ourselves because they are how we feel. I am overlooked, unloved, I don't belong. We find these things easier to believe than the good names God gives us. But he doesn't want us to live in the light of those negative names. He wants us to know the things he says about us and believe them to be true. I want to challenge you over this next week to think about the way you see yourself. Write down the names you have picked up along the way and then over them I want you to write the words that God gives to you, the positive words he speaks over your life. Know that your identity is found in God and the names he speaks over you. You are loved, you are significant, you are important, you are worthy, you matter. I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode and listening to Vicky share uh, her experience around worship and just listening to the various elements of what she's been able to to share with us and and to to give insight for us as well. We thank you, Vicky, for that. Um, I really hope that you found this episode helpful and I look forward to sharing with you all again soon. Take care, everyone. <laughs>